for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, we are teaming up with Hunter's Box Club this month to give away our newest t-shirt designed for free for the first 100 listeners. All you have to do is cover the shipping at $6.99 and you got to click the link in the podcast notes to get that free box. The story behind this design is it is my biggest buck to date, the Great Hambino. If you guys have not seen the video, it's on YouTube. Uh, You can check that out, but that is the antler that you see on the Fall Podcast logo is his antler. It was really unique. There's not another deer like it. It looked like he grew backwards. So it's a really cool story. Really means a lot to me. And it's uh, it's basically something brand worthy in my opinion. So with every box, you guys are going to get the fall podcast exclusive design beer koozie and our measuring tape to tape out your next big deer or elk or meal deer, whatever it might be. The only way to get the free box with the Fall Podcast t-shirt design is to click the link in the podcast notes. First 100 boxes are free, but you must order before the end of January. So get ordering. Support the Hunter's Box Club. They're a great company. We did this last year with them, and I can't thank you guys enough. All right, everybody. Before we get into this episode of One Giant Mistake, I have some exciting news. I just got word that uh, Exodus is introducing the all-new Exodus Rival. The Rival is a budget-friendly cell cam that is reliable, hardworking, easy to use, but still feature-rich. Over the last year, the Exodus team has been working hard behind the scenes, building their next generation of cameras, taking consumer feedback and delivering it, in their opinion, the best budget cell cam on the market. The Rival is a budget-friendly cell cam coming in at $179. The camera flat-out works. And of course, it's backed by the Exodus Advantage 5-year no BS warranty, which in my opinion is literally the best warranty out there. The Exodus Rival is built with the same durability you're used to when it comes to the Exodus, but with the lightning-fast cellular capabilities, easy-to-use setup, and great photos while developing the Exodus Rival, their goal was to design a simple yet very effective cellular trail cam that flat out works. Here are some of the, the specs on the camera. It's got a 0.3 trigger speed, 70 feet detection distance with adjustable sensitivity. I like to run mine on high uh, just because I just don't want to miss anything. Not to say it's going to, it's just something in my head. No matter what camera I've ever used, it's always been on high, but you can adjust it. A 30 second photo transmission. So right when it takes that photo, 30 seconds right to your phone, you got it. Adjustable image quality and uploaded photos, crisp HD images, capable 
with the Exodus SB18 solar panel, which is key in my opinion, because the way batteries are going right now, it's freaking ridiculous in how much these things expect or how much they cost. So use these solar panels and it's compatible with that. And once again, backed by the five-year no BS warranty. The Exodus Rival is officially opening for pre-sale January 16th, which was yesterday, Monday evening at 7.30 Eastern. So it is open for pre-sale right now, and uh, orders will be begin shipping by February 6th. So use the code LAUNCH to save $30 off each camera while supplies last, or February 14th at midnight. Help support the podcast and Exodus by using the code LAUNCH at the website exodusoutdoorgear.com. Now, let's get to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. Today is episode number three of One Giant Mistake, and today we've got uh, Madison Raber from Northeast, uh, I was going to say Iowa. No. Ohio. Ohio. In the Buckeye country. Um, we can say that now. You yeah. You know, it's, it's a new year. We're yeah. in the new year. It's 2023. It was a heartbreak for the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. I sh- actually, Both. you know. Both, both of those teams. Yeah, Ohio lost as well. And, um, you know, I was upset. We're not going to get too much into the weeds on this, but, like, Michigan had their chances. They had you their know? chances, yep. So you can't be too upset. Yep. And, uh, but I also don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, they made it, so that's cool. But, no, we want to win it. Yeah. We're going to win no, it. No, so. like you said, we're not going to get too much in it, but I this is something I really think is nine out of ten times we win that game. We just mm-hmm. we lost that one time, and it happened to be the one time they played. But For sure. Yeah, onward, onward, though. You know what I mean? Next yep. team up and uh, brand new season. Yeah, so today's podcast, we are recording with Madison Raber, like I said. The first two weeks, electric. Yeah. We, we week uh, one with uh with Justin Uran from the story of Ghost. If you guys have not listened to that yet, please go back and listen to that. And thank you to everybody out there that's given both of us feedback on it. Probably the most feedback I've ever gotten on an episode. Yeah, probably. It seems to be go. It seems to be really starting off really well, and mm-hmm. it's uh that was exactly our hope. And we kind of talked about it, a little brainstorming yep. about what we were gonna do, and in, in the beginning of the year. And uh, I think episode one, and I even told my buddies beforehand, I'm like, just wait. Just, so Just wait. They're all they're all good, but we're gonna start episode one off mm-hmm. with a banger. Yeah, and then Dan Johnson with shipwreck. I mean, we're talking like shipwreck. If you guys didn't realize that story, like that deer was on the cover of North American Whitetail. Like yeah. that's it's a big deer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. and not and not only that, like shipwreck. You can actually, if you do a little research, you can go out there and find some of the actual footage of them. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, week three is going to be nothing short of epic as well. This deer, just some brief, brief, you know, bullet points here. Four-year history with this deer and 2022 season, that which we're wrapping up right now as we're sitting here, um, is when it comes to an end yeah. so far. But yeah. we don't want to say too much. Um, it's, it's epic. I've got a lot of notes here because yeah. – uh, the amount of trail cam pictures this guy got, the the jump that this deer made, and how big this deer was, and what the dude did to—I say the dude—what Madison did to actually, you know, I don't even want to say it. I don't yeah. even because yeah. just you know. just uh, a little teaser. Um, the way this the whole property kind of came about, oh, crazy, very interesting. You I didn't I mean? even like, I didn't even know how. Yeah. Like when we opened up and started recording, it was like, "Yeah, wait, what happened here? Yeah, how did you just?" Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I can see the path now mm-hmm. why something like that would work, but uh, I, you know, we had no clue about, 
you know, we, we knew the deer, right? And we yeah. knew that there's obviously one giant mistake somewhere in there. Didn't know what it was going to be. And now I want to preface this too. One giant mistake doesn't mean he, you know, somebody misses the deer or whatever. It could be any mistake. Yeah. It could be some whatever, yep. you know? No, but uh, like I said, the way he kind of come across this property and then the years with it and the move uh, the guy made is top notch. Like yeah. that is he, like he drew up the play perfect. And you guys will have to listen for the rest. Yeah, we're just going to leave it there. So um, it's so good. It's so good. It's good. Um, I do have one thing to say before we get into some partner reads. Uh, This is week three of, like I said, David is now the new co-host of the Fall Podcast going forward. So welcome aboard. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. And it's been something that, uh, honestly, I didn't even know it was going to happen. It was, uh, you know, we did the first two episodes of the one giant mistake series. And I'm like, man, this is just too good. Like it's an element that I think I've been missing in the fall podcast as far as like one V one is good, but also being able to have more questions and have a better dialogue, you know, and no dead air and just being, I think he brings out more of myself and you can kind of hear me. You're, you're going to hear like some things I might say. You're like, if you don't personally know me, you might be like, huh? Well, that's really me. Not oh, that yeah. I wasn't me before, yeah. but like now he kind of lets me, it's nerve wracking doing this sometimes. So yeah. he kind of lets me be me a little bit. So it's going to be fun. Um, he's going to try to be on every episode. We live, at, you know, about an hour and a half apart. So um, where he's going to try to be on a lot of them, if he's not, no big deal. But it's just kind of when it's just, you know. Can be fun, co-host. Yeah, so. I, and I just want to take the time to say thanks for even asking me, man. It, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was an honor, honestly, because for people that don't know, is actually Aaron and I. It's not like we've had this this years of relationship that we've known each other. Is is actually I was kind of thinking back on it. Is I actually think the first time you and I actually talked was the podcast I came on, and it'd be almost a year back in February. About that deer right there. Yeah, as yep. you can well, see, the one behind us here. Yep, yep. That about him and. Uh, you know, we're just eating, you know, everyone wants to talk about the bad a lot of times of social media, right? It's very easy to mm-hmm. do. Okay. That, that kind of what it brought us to that podcast and then 100%. just good buddies after that. And, uh, very honored that Aaron asked me and uh, I'm looking forward. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for me. Not the best with technology. I'll, <laughs> I'll fully admit that, but, uh, I will talk, uh, whitetail hunting, archery hunting, all kinds of hunting with the best of them. And, I'm pretty uh, uh, joking around too. So as much as we can talk serious, we can also have a good time with it. Heck yeah, man. I'm excited for it. So let's get into some partner reads here. So guys, Helix Broadheads uh, just launched the new FJ4 uh, a couple weeks ago. If if you guys want to try these out, go to helixbroadheads.com and use the code FALLHX10 to save some money on those. You can order just one broadhead. If you want to try out, just try it out. You can order one head. They'll ship it to you, and or if you want to get a three-pack, you can order a three-pack as well. But to save some money, Fall HX10, the FJ4, I'm so happy I get to talk about it now. It's actually a bleeder blade, four-blade. I shot both my deer with it this year, uh, the bleeder. I did a video on my YouTube channel, so go to the Fall Podcast YouTube channel, and you can see the launch video, and I break it down pretty good. The bleeders are a quarter-inch on them. It, it makes them bleed really good. It like, looks it's, mean. It is mean. It's accurate. So go to that that video, check it out. Um, next latitude outdoors, you can use the code, the fall podcast, all one word. It saves you, I believe 25% on all accessories and a classic two saddle. So the single panel doesn't, 
save on the method two, which kind of sucks because the method two is nothing against the classic two, but the method two is the cat's pajamas. It's a it's a fine piece of equipment. It is. Yep. Yeah. So he started using it this year as well, and I think I think you're pretty excited about it too, right? Oh yeah. It's yeah. it's <laughs> I I honestly I I don't use things until I try them out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had a handful of saddles here this last summer before yep. hunting season because there was not one of them was going to go to the woods until I was right. okay with it. I had a handful here. One stayed. All the rest went. <laughs> I, I'm just going to put that. That's honestly got truth. Yeah. Honestly yep. got truth. So go to latitudeoutdoors.com. Check them out. Uh, I do. Well, no. Yeah, I don't want to mention that yet. Uh, latitudeoutdoors.com. Use the code the fall podcast and uh, save some money. Exodus Trail Cams is next. So Exodus is coming out with some new cameras, and by the time this launches, there could be out. I have yet to get them in my hand, but I've talked to Jake and Chad and, and Cameron and those guys and kind of got the general consensus on what it's going to be. I think it's going to be top-notch. Yeah. So, David, he uses actually Exodus as well, but you have some treks, right? Yep. Yep. Some of the older treks. Yes, I do. Do you have yep. any of the renders? I don't. don't no renders, rush? just treks, but they've been, I mean... Jeez, I hear from a lot of, of people years. that the Trek was like literally one of the best cameras, yeah. like just picture video cameras that they've yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. I, I even you know, and I know that that the Lift Two actually, uh, I think, does better video. Okay, but I'm not afraid to put the Trek. I've got some st- still sitting out there on some of the best scrapes I knew about. Ran all fall on video mm-hmm. mode. It's they're they're just a workhorse. You yep. know what I mean? Cool. Uh, yeah, go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. Check those out. Next is Vector Arrows. If you guys are looking for some custom arrows, uh, check them out at vectorcustomshop.com. Use their arrow builder and use the code FALL10 to save some money. Were you going to say something? No. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, man. I really like these arrows. I fully think that these things, I've got a setup on my bow with this uh, the ZMR 325 that I'm trying to get David hooked on here yeah. too. And um, they're nice. Go check go check out their arrow builder at VectorCustomShop.com. Last one, Garmin Bow Sights. Gar- Garmin.com. This is another one that I'm going to get this guy to switch to. But Garmin Bow Sights is uh, – I said it on our long-haul podcast, the four-and-a-half-hour podcast, that this thing um, just in the moment of truth makes you a better hunter, uh, makes you – a better shot, and uh, I, I, it's still the best piece of piece of archery gear I've ever had. Yeah, so. I, I'm actually interested to check it out because I've, I've never even, I've never even put my hands on one yet. The, you know, to see how it ranges, how fast it does. You know, I, I've seen pictures of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've seen pictures of you know your bow and whatnot, yep. but I've never, never in person messed with one before. Yep. For sure. So, okay, we're going to get to this episode, but I have a new thing here. I was kind of bouncing some ideas about Dave. We're going to be doing this in um, some podcasts and intros, and it's just something that uh, on the spot, he doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. I don't know what he's going to ask him. We're going to probably do one question a piece just because we're at 10 minutes right now, and I want to get to this interview. But um, I don't know really what to call this segment. It, it might be like a would you rather or uh, what would you do po- uh, segment kind of. So somewhere around in there. So the first one I have is, um, okay, David, you have one buck tag, mm-hmm. okay, in a small buck comes out in – you know, let's say it's a gun season. Yeah. It's a one buck state. A small buck comes out and uh, it's got multiple wounds on it. You can tell that it was just shot, you know, legs dangling, working through and everything. You've got one buck tag. Are you going to put that deer out of, your, of his misery and burn your tag or, or what are you going to do? Okay. So uh, first off, you've already stole one of my questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I already had that one down. Yeah. But uh, 
you know, maybe this is just my answer. Mm-hmm. My answer is no, I'm not going to burn my buck tag. Okay. Um, this is, is as much as mother nature can be cruel at times. It is mother nature. Yep. You know what I mean? So there are, you know, as much as, you know, it sucks to see, but the coyotes are going to eat, the birds are going to eat, the insects, they're all going to eat too. But mm-hmm. with one buck tag early in the air, small buck, I, I'm just, I'm not going to. My answer is no on that one. Okay, I'm going to caveat. What if it's later in the year, November to December with a gun, you know, he comes through? Still no. Okay. Still holding no. That's all I wanted. Yep. That's all I wanted. I, I want to stay quick with these, like a minute tops. Yep. And, you know, uh, that's, and it's okay that you said no. Like, that's yeah. that's what this is for. It's yep. not for yep. the politically correct sure. answer. Okay. So here's mine. Okay, this isn't my question, but it needs to lead up to it. Give me your favorite whitetail state. Um, Michigan. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Now I got to change my answer. Uh, different question. Okay, I'm going to reword it. Okay. No, I'm still going to go with the same one, even though you gave me Michigan. Okay, but same question. I'll retract my answer. No, it's fine. Michigan's no, 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 no. Good. I want you to keep it. Keep okay. it. Okay. But this is my question. Okay. Would you rather, okay, if family and the job allowed it, you could hunt every weekend in Iowa for October and November, every weekend, like the travel was no, no problem, the work, no problem. So you got basically two days a week mm-hmm. for eight weeks, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, Every weekend for the two months. Mm-hmm. If you could do that, would you give up your entire Michigan season? 100%. No doubt. No doubt at all. You're going. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, okay. 100%. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not sleeping. I'm driving through the night on Friday night to get and hunt there you know, yeah. Saturday morning. Yep. Um, that might have been – I might have jacked your, your no, you're question fine. with, it's, with it's, saying Michigan. No, it's still fine because it, it makes it even better. You're telling me that your favorite state's Michigan, but you still would be willing – to get, like I said, you're going to give, so you basically you get technically, I don't know, eight weekends of hunting in your butt. You're going to give up three months of hunting in Michigan. I'll, I'll do you one better. I, w- I would stop hunting Michigan completely for the rest of my life if I knew I could hunt every weekend in Iowa for the rest of my life. Oh, dude. I, I, I'll, 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 I'll sit in the back of the truck on the way <laughs> with you. <laughs> Somebody, I think, is getting on the call. I think. I don't know what that was. I don't in know my what ear. that was. Somebody's trying to hijack our call. But anyway, yeah, dude, I same thing. Yeah. I, I, I'd give I like up it. all of Michigan. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, cool. That is going to be the intro. We're going to get into this interview with Madison. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for all the support, all the downloads. Go to iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Definitely leave a written review. Hit us up on IG, his IG as well, uh, the Fall Podcast, and Facebook. And we do have a stupid TikTok. So do that as well. So thank you guys very much. And here's this interview with Madison. Let's go. All right, welcome back to another episode of One Giant Mistake. Today we have uh, Madison Raber on with us. David and I are here, and uh, Madison, welcome to the show, man. You're uh, I, I can't wait to get into this story. We know some Cliff Notes versions, like we, we you and I talked yep. earlier. You know, in some in the previous episodes, is like we don't want to know everything. We just want to know. Give us some high points. And so we can kind of go off that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it just, it comes off so much better when we can actually hear it firsthand from you. And yeah. then we're getting bouncing ideas off of, you know, more of the story, more questions. And then the listeners are getting more out of it too. Yeah. So Madison, yeah. welcome to the show, man. Um, thank you for coming yeah. on and doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and 
it's i i enjoy i love talking about deer so yeah good yeah deal, man. first and foremost man you got some great looking deer in the background there appreciate it yeah yeah actually this the deer right here is going to come into play into this story um, with chasing deer for years but um yeah i yeah i guess where did you want to start so I first I want to start, you know, where who you are, where you come from, yeah. and, and basically what you do is just kind of give us that elevator pitch of who you are, and and then we'll we'll get right into the story. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Madison Raver, and I'm up here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, the property that I that I've been hunting is down. I hunt mainly southeastern Ohio. Um, I'm in the forestry industry, and that's kind of how I came across this property. Um, and actually was doing the logging on the property. I since then do consulting for properties now, but, um, at the time it was just doing subcontract and that's kind of how I got a hold of the piece. So, okay. So when you were doing some forestry projects on that property, um, mm -hmm. when basically at some point you were, you, were you seeing something, you know, the, the buck sign or <laughs> sheds or anything on that property that you were like, yep, yeah, I, I, so... need to, I need to go knock on the door here. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I've, I've literally walked hundreds and hundreds of properties across Ohio. And I, the very first day I walk into this piece, um, I walk back the field and walk down over the hill and see the buck that I chased for four years later. <laughs> no. What, what, what time of year was this? This was November 9th. Oh, okay. Okay. And, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was prime in the swing of things. And I walked in and like I said, I've seen so many different properties that, you know, you can pretty quick tell what, what property is going to hold deer, just the way it, the way it lays and, and different things like that. And I like walked into this property and I'm like, man, this, this, this property is something special. And right after that is when I started, started seeing these deer, it was a buck chasing a doe and yeah, he was a stud. Dude. Nice. So you've got to see a lot of timber. Yeah. So you've got to see yeah. a lot of habitat and yep. I kind of envy you because you can, you have permission to go on a lot of different pieces of property to work. Mm -hmm. You know what I yep. mean? And to be able to see, I think there might be a direct correlation to, you know, maybe bringing some equipment in and just seeing deer blow out of an area, yeah. a buck blow out of an area and be like, yep. like, why is he in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is he yeah. doing exactly. there? And, and yeah. that is invaluable. Oh, I think. yeah. I mean, yeah. especially when you're spending as much time out in the woods just oh. for your day job, like you yeah. are, you know, and, there has to be a time when once you start doing it enough where you start, you know, you see what the key things are on each property, you know, mm -hmm. and there, there was probably yeah. something on this particular property about this deer that we're going to talk about today that looking back that you're like, yes, th this property had everything it needed to that be able to hold an animal like that. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, being a forester, are you the guy on the ground going around uh, cutting trees down with a chainsaw or like what? what is your, so, your gig? At that point, I was just, we had, you know, at that point, the mill had purchased the timber and we were just doing the subcontract of the cutting. So um, at that point, I mean, I, I know literally every square inch of that property just from, you know, literally cutting, cutting, oh, you know, every square inch of it, yeah. knowing where all the trees are at. Um, currently, what I'm doing now is um, I am working independently of any um, mills or anything like that, I'm working for the landowners that are looking to sell timber. And just kind of get a management plan, whether they're looking to, you know, manage for timber harvest in the future, or they're looking to do, you know, more geared towards wildlife and habitat um, work, we can facilitate that as well. But then we actually go in and um, get guys in to bid on the timber. And that's, you know, ensuring that they're not getting taken advantage of, they're getting top dollar for, for their timber that they're in up selling. 
So, awesome, man. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. So I guess let's get into this story about this this giant deer. Now I don't want to let any too many cats out of the bag right away. Um, I mean, we're you know this the series says it all. It's one giant mistake. You know, the first week we talked about ghost, mm-hmm. and you know, and as this one record, we've talked about shipwreck. Yep. You know what I mean? Two unbelievable deer yes you know and this one is no different yeah this is a giant deer that you have four years of history with correct yep okay so let's start from ground zero the first year first day november 9th you laid eyes on this deer for the first time Mm -hmm. was that in 2018 then uh i think in 19 19 21 22 yeah okay so 19 yep yep so you you put eyes on them 20 2019 2019, yeah. Yep. But, but you were working at that time. You weren't even hunting that exactly. property, right? Exactly. Okay. So, so as we continued to work on this property, we continued to kind of bump into this deer occasionally. He was like, you know, like I said, November 9th, I mean, it's prime rut. There was a lot of does in that area. And there was multiple times that we would, you know, head back with equipment and he was bedded up with the doe right along the path. And, and we seen him, I think, three times while working. Um, and finally I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> I finally was like, I had to go to this land and I'm like, man, do you mind if I hunt this? <laughs> and, and kind of what I learned out of that was nobody had hunted this property for probably 15, 20 years. Ooh. Holy cow. So, okay. And, I don't want to get too far ahead. We're going to stop you on this. Cause I, I, I the, the, the questions are yeah, going now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I got a question right now. I'm just going to, I'm going to rip it off. And so you guys are out there working. Is is this mm-hmm. like a rock, paper, scissors thing at lunch to see who gets to go ask first for hunting permission? <laughs> or is, is there, or are you fortunate enough for the guys you work with that white tail hunting just isn't a thing for them? Yeah. At the time I was, the guy I was working with, he was a white tail hunter and he did end up hunting it with me that first okay. year, a little bit working there. Um, but he was also Amish. And so he didn't have a really good way of getting down there to hunt it. So. Okay. Yep. Okay, so with that's a great question. Now, <laughs> the first time you lay eyes on this this deer, mm-hmm. I mean, how big is he? What are you thinking? I mean, you 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 pee down your leg or like what how did that work? <laughs> well, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a giant at the time. I I guessed him, you know, around a 140 inch eight point. Oh, that's a big uh, just, yeah. but he but he had just a real big frame on him and, you know, watching a buck like that walking through the timber you know that's and, at, and honestly at the time i hadn't killed that big of a deer yeah. and seeing something like that i was like yeah, that's that's a pretty sizable buck yeah and kind of fired up okay so you see him for the first time you know now by the looks of the deer behind you you know you don't just trip into deer like that so you, you i feel right. like you're probably a serious pretty serious bull hunter um yep. So I know what I would have done when I saw that deer for the first time. I would have dropped my chainsaw. I would have said, I'm going to lunch no matter what time it is, and I'm going to find the landowner. Um, did you do something like that, or did you wait till 5 o'clock? Well, honestly, you know, it was it was weeks of, of working on this property till I finally couldn't take it anymore. Because it's, it's one thing to, you know, it's middle of November. The amount of properties I walked to go just – you know, bump a deer is not that uncommon. Okay. And even if it's a decent buck. But once I started continuing to see other deer even, and there was one that was even bigger than this deer that I seen, 
like a few times that that's what ultimately kind of got me like, okay, there's something special about this property sure. that got me, got me fired up about it. So. Yeah. Now you said that you, you've seen that deer uh, three times while you guys were working on that property. Mm -hmm. Now those, those three encounters while working were that was that, was that buck kind of always in the same area every time you guys were bumping them or was it kind of all over the place? Yeah. I mean, within the same area. So we were also harvesting timber on the neighbors as well. Okay. And so I seen him one time on this current property. I seen him, I think twice on the other property. Um, yeah, but they were all within the same. There's basically one big valley that runs through the back of the property and it was all kind of concentrated on that big valley. Okay. Okay. So, how, how long of a job was that for you guys? Was that pretty much all of November? You guys were kind of spending we time were, we moved out. I actually picked up a couple sheds yet. Okay. So it was actually March. It was a pretty big job. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you by chance pick up his sheds at all? Found one. Yeah. Nice. That year. So you have, so you've seen him yep. three times while working in 2019 and you have one of his uh, sheds from 2019 then. Exactly. Perfect. Yep. And so then you're rolling, you're rolling into 2020. Well, just a second. I want to go back to 19 real quick yep. because it, you said it took you four or a couple weeks to go ask permission when you got permission, did you move right in that season, like late season, end of November, December, and try to start hunting him then? Yeah. So kind of, you know, there's this balance of getting work done and, and wanting to hunt a little bit. So what <laughs> yeah. we would do is, you know, that time of year had a good excuse of needing to let the equipment warm up for a while. So we'd get sure. down there real early before daylight, start <laughs> equipment up, and I would just run back to the woods. And it was not sure the date anymore. I would... Um, have to look it up, but it was, I remember it was end of November. We got a pretty big snowstorm come through and, um, I did end up having one encounter while hunting him. Um, and actually probably could have shot him looking back now, but at, you know, as it was all happening and unfolding, I thought he was probably, you know, 45, 50 yards. And after seeing him he kind of moves off, um, I actually get around to ranging it and, and looking closer. I realized he's only 30, 35 yards. Oh, wow. So you were so, you were going down in the morning early, turning on the skitter, mm -hmm. and then be like, yep. "Well, I got the mobile set up, and I'm <laughs> I'm going in the timber for at least an hour." Like that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was basically just the, that first thirty minutes of daylight, see what's happening, and and then the other guy that was working with me would bring a piece of equipment back and start, and that was kind of my sign to get my butt out of the stands. So. <laughs> okay, so this is what I like because I'm a guy like you now. I hunt a lot of farm ground and, you know, a, a instance that I had this year was it was second week of October, a shooter buck. I was taking my daughter to school, pulling out of my mm -hmm. driveway. I look across the, the road and I see one of my shooter bucks coming out of the timber and I'm like, oh boy. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a four acre patch of timber. And I'm like, I'm taking her to school. I'm coming back and I'm getting in a stand because historical data shows that there's a scrape uh, on an inside corner that, you know, second to third week of October, bucks are going to be mm -hmm. hitting it in daylight, but you just never know when it's, it's, it's in daylight, but you just never know. So I'm like, right. I'm going to sit in that stand. I, on October, like 11th to 12th, I have to go back and look. I sat from like nine o'clock in the morning until noon. Like nobody does that. You know what I mean? I felt right. like I was yeah. such an idiot doing it, but I'm like, Hey, if that's the time you got to hunt, go hunt it. Cause I couldn't hunt it yeah. that night. Yeah. And once you know it, that deer walked out underneath that stand that night. I was glassing yeah. and he walks out and I'm like, crap. Cause I didn't have a babysitter for my daughter. And, uh, you know, so it's just like, I like you're taking the time that you have and making the best of it. That's, 
that that shows me that you're a diehard. Yeah, and gonna... especially because you know once you once you've been playing this game long enough, we all understand that this it all can change in in a matter of seconds. You yes. know, so yeah, you exactly. know while while you're just you know racking up the fuel card at work, letting the equipment run, <laughs> never know what might happen out in the tree uh, in the tree stand. Okay, yep. so you're you're turning equipment on. You're going. Were you literally taking a mobile set? I see you got a Novix back there. Are you taking a mobile set? At the time, I was just just using a summit climber that I had. So, you know, as we're working and, you know, figuring some of this out, seeing patterns of what the deer were doing, um, there's basically one main ridge that uh, turns into a hogback that drops off the back end. And that's kind of where a lot of the, the movement was focused on. So I had basically just hung a set there while we were working. And that was kind of where I'd run to in the morning. So that's nice. awesome. So, yeah. I mean, go through some of those sits. I mean, you saw him once you said, um, you know, were you seeing a lot of deer where, I mean, you were limited time. So like, what were those sits where they, you know, good sits or was it just like, feel like you're beating your head against the wall kind of. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. I don't feel like I saw that many deer cause it's, you know, it's, sort of weird you're driving equipment through and you're you're kicking out every deer that's there oh, so you're yeah. seeing them when you're sitting there waiting for deer to come to you you're not seeing all of them so it can feel like a little bit of a slower sit um that being said it was also you know very tail end of the rut there you know end of november coming into december um and so i did have one encounter with the deer that i passed and it was actually this deer in 2019 okay um and I passed him, and I thought at the time he was a pretty uh, average three-year-old. Uh, turns out he ended up being just a big two-year-old. But oh wow, uh, really? Wow. Okay. More that later then. So so in in nineteen, you're hunting in the mornings. Were you getting any evening sits in? No, no, it was you know that was a thing. It was more so my coworker needed to get home, and I I didn't want to make him sit there all night while I'm hunting. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a- I wanted to. It, with with you guys actually working on that property and the neighboring property was uh how how was that with the hunting uh was that big enough or it really wasn't affecting it much i mean you you were seeing you had an encounter with them so he wasn't really getting pushed off too much but you guys were in there were you in there working like five days a week right yeah whenever it was fit to work in the winter time you know when it's muddy you're a little bit more limited sure uh, but we were working you know as much as possible the interesting thing is in in one one sense it doesn't affect the movement well i mean yeah it affects the movement but they don't seem that scared of it we had especially during the rut when they're tied up with does i had one deer he was a three-year-old probably 155 inch three-year-old and he was bedded with a doe and he didn't stand up until i was 10 yards beside him with the equipment yeah and could have shot him with the bow but didn't have the the uh permission at that point yep yeah, so I just sat there and watched him walk away. Yeah, that's crazy. I, you just can't you can't help but wonder if you know maybe in the beginning they they feel such a, a change going on mm-hmm. in there, but as time goes on, you know if they started and they you know spent most of the fall and going into the 2020 season that they didn't just start getting used to them guys being in there a little bit. Yeah. So you know 20 or 2019 happens, you encounter those deer once. You sit at 55 yards, correct? Mm-hmm. And and you 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 know well, no I, I thought he was I thought he was forty five fifty he ended up being like thirty thirty five yards so okay let's unpack that bag a little yeah. bit <laughs> okay. so how did that how did that play out like take us through that morning and how that went yeah so I got in pretty early um, and it was um, it was that morning that the snowstorm happened so it was it had snowed I think actually it was a Monday morning it had snowed over the weekend and so I get down there early Monday morning and. Um, 
was not not expecting the deer to come from this size. So I wasn't watching this area, wasn't really prepared to even I wasn't hadn't range anything there. And all of a sudden I hear deer coming off the opposite ridge and he came back down a hog back to a creek crossing. And right there where he crossed the creek, I did have a shooting lane that I probably could have shot, but I don't know what it was about the angle or how high it was. It just looked like a lot further off than what it really was. Man, so, I mean, what are you thinking at that? You got to be, like, jumping out of your skin. Like, the excited, like, big uh, encounter. This would have been your biggest buck yeah, at the time. Yeah, like, that, I can't imagine. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was jacked. I mean, I went back, and I'm like, dude, I had him at 35 yards. <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm uh, – yeah, and we, you know, we're both seeing this deer. We're both kind of fired up and whatnot, but it's – yeah, it's it, it was what it was. So. Yeah. Tell me this. That day when you were working, was there a minute that went by that you weren't thinking about that encounter all day? Because I know I would have been just a oh, shit, yeah, dude. shit I, worker I, at my job that day. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, this entire time I was working on this job was a disaster. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, seeing deer because I could hunt it, you know, it was turning into shed season and we're looking for sheds. We're, I mean, trust me, we had a difficult time working on this job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, gosh. can you, can you imagine, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, in, you're in the thick of it with this buck, had a close encounter and the fact that you got to go d- get down, go make all kinds of noise around there. The, and the thought of trying to keep hunting after that, yeah. it'd be, it'd be really, it'd be like, Should get, turn the doser off. We're, <laughs> we ain't working today. I know what I would have done. I'd have been like driving the skitter or something or, or whatnot or slasher and and i'm driving all of a sudden yeah just just trees falling ones that we're not supposed to cut you know and here goes uh you know just trees that like young ones that you want to live and it's just like man i'd have been a disaster yeah so another interesting part about this was i did not necessarily have permission for the next year oh when i got permission this was while we were working there okay um and but um you know as we it was such a long job, got to know the landowner really well, and he's a great, great guy. Um, and through that, eventually, you know, came back the following fall, I was like, hey, do you mind if I hunt this again this year? And he said, that's fine. Um, and actually, hopefully here in a couple of years, I'll be able to purchase the properties. So. Oh, look okay. at you. All look right. at you. All right. So how, how big is this farm? It's actually just 55 acres. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Now, so and also... Also, I mean, are we looking at rolling hills, all timber, big woods setting, or what are we looking at? Um, it's kind of a mixture. Um, you know, if you get way east, you have a lot of uh, pasture land stuff, but over over the area that I'm at is a lot of rolling, and then you have a little bit of ag mixed in. Okay. Um, I do like the neighbors have some bean fields and some corn fields and stuff. It's just kind of up on the ridge tops. You'll have ag, and then it drops down these these valleys with timber. Yeah. Now you said that you guys were also working on the neighboring farm. Were you able to get permission on that? Did you try it all, or? Oh, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they hunt it pretty hard. It sounds like. <laughs> uh, yeah, Did, yeah now, I, I tried for two or three years in a row and i just never could so. sure wow. yeah ha- they're out there like that they are yeah. i mean this you know just getting one of them sometimes is you, you got to take what you get and it sounded like you you landed on a good one there yeah so okay you have this encounter and you know ohio season goes to like february you guys have a like right. an eight month long season or yeah, something that's ridiculously long but um you know coming into like were you still motivated coming in December and January and February like getting after this deer was it to a point where I was like man you know I'm just gonna hang them up like you know a lot of people get really 
tired and sure. you know you've been hunting you've been working you're doing physical labor every day and it's like are, are you to a point where you're just like i gotta hang them up this year yeah so actually 2019 was the uh only year i hadn't killed a buck that year um in quite a few years and so i ended up um the other interesting thing was there's not any food on this property and the food that was there you know were the oaks and with harvesting and stuff and the amount of just just tops and stuff they do have some browse with that but it's with being cut in the winter time it's not as much um and so there you know come end of december there just wasn't any food there to hold them sure um there was some cover obviously and i ended up finding a few sheds in the areas that we cut out but not many okay. um so eventually kind of after that second rut phase kind of full uh faded out i kind of quit hunting down there so for yep. the year now when you you said you found one of his sheds that year uh how close was that shed to some of the, the encounters that you had with them while hunting or while working? Um, that was probably as the crow flies three, 400 yards. Okay. Um, it was probably a quarter mile from where I actually encountered them. Um, and then we also, you know, saw him a few times. Uh, it had actually been pretty close to the area that I first saw him at the very first day. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, you, you had to be feeling pretty good with that, naturally you would start thinking that he was a little bit of a homebody mm -hmm. that many encounters that mm -hmm. much activity going on on the properties people out there working seeing them while hunting like i i would me personally i'd be starting to think like going into that following year very high chance that he should be right back in the area yeah and the fact that you said that too there was no food on the farm and you found a shed there so there's got to be cover mm -hmm. you know and right. And it's, it's starting to look like you, you encountered him the first time on November 9th. Yeah. So, I mean, the rut could have brought him in, but obviously he's wintering on that farm. Yep. So, right. you know, which now knowing some of the cliff notes of yep. this and what we're going to get into is pretty, he is a homebody. A homebody. I, I got to feel like. Yeah. So, yep. okay, let's get into 2020. Now you have permission. What is your game plan getting ready for the 2020 season? Is this deer the only thing on your mind? Uh, to be honest, it wasn't. I had, so we have, uh, me and my parents have a 110 acre lease further east over towards uh, the Ohio line, West Virginia line. And so that was kind of our main focus, you know, putting food plots in, getting that work. And I had a really big, probably 150 inch eight point there mm -hmm. that took up most of my focus. And so in the 2020 season, I, I spent very little time there. I basically got permission to hunt it again and um ran just a couple cameras i mean literally one or two cameras okay and that's kind of it was didn't really hunt it that much until my buck got shot uh first two weeks of october or so he got okay. killed and so suddenly i didn't have a buck to chase and that's kind of when i turned my attention back onto this farm now with running a couple cameras on the, the farm that you, that you were working on with this deer, did you name this mm -hmm. deer by any chance? Not well. I mean, yeah, we um, named him crabs in 2020. Crabs. Okay. So we're just going to refer to him as crabs. Crabs. Yeah. So, you know, you got a couple cameras <laughs> down there on crabs. Like, have you picked them up at all while you're hunting this other deer, getting ready to hunt this other deer on your lease? No, I, I didn't, I had actually, I didn't think I got a picture of him in 2020. So, 
But I mean, looking back, I, I went through all my history here a couple of years back and, and then found one picture of him. Okay. I got one picture of him in 2020, and that's just so you could kind of make out his frame. I'm pretty confident that's that's the deer it was. Um, I actually thought it was this deer here at first. Um, but, you know, with doing a timber harvest like that, those first couple of years, it's a pretty drastic shift on the way they use mm -hmm. a property. Yeah. And usually it's for the better, but it, it, it's just a different uh they utilize the property differently than they did the year prior yeah that was my next question mm -hmm. is is what kind of uh changes were you seeing maybe with the deer movement or just the changes in general with the, the vegetation and stuff i'm sure because i'm sure that the canopy is more wide open now and so you're seeing a lot more mm -hmm. undercover there yeah. and uh, just, a lot more food too yeah a lot more food there too yeah was uh when you when you first, the one trail camera, looking back now, the one trail camera picture that you had of him from 2019 to 2020, what kind of jump do you think that he kind of made in between those years? So in 2019, he was just, like I said, a clean eight, um, no trash, nothing. And I couldn't tell. I had a few pictures of him on camera as well, and we guesstimated him to be probably four. We weren't sure. Mm -hmm. um, he may have been a three-year-old at that point. Now that I know kind of the farm, the genetics, and kind of what these deer look like at three, uh, I would tend to think he was probably leaning towards a three-year-old. Okay. Um, so in 2020, as a four-year-old, he finally started throwing some trash, and that's kind of where we gave him the name Crabs. Then in 2020, we got better looks at him, but he had kind of like a second beam almost, but it started about halfway around where he curls. It would an inside point. Okay. And they were... In 2020, they were like, you know, eight, nine inches, almost like a second beam yeah. on both sides. Yep. So, so in 2020, he's he's north of 150, would you say? Yeah, I mean, high 140s, 150. His frame didn't get that much bigger. Yep. He just threw some extra trash, and it was like a, it's literally one picture, very hard to tell kind of what he actually was. Okay, okay. And now, so your, your least deer got killed, and now you're moving down – to this farm where crabs is at did you start hunting this quite a bit and did you ever see them yeah so i i started running a few more cameras and um picked up this deer here and he was probably 140 inch 10 pointer um and so that's kind of that was the best deer i had on camera at the time between all my properties um and so i decided to hone in on that deer and that was uh first of November, end of October. Okay. So that's kind of when I made that shift. And um, I never had an encounter with crabs that year. Um, I I had, I saw a bunch of deer and like that, I think was probably one of the best years. Um, our lease, the, the deer numbers over there are just pretty low. So coming from that lease to this, this property here, just the deer density in general is just way higher. And so I was seeing you know, a lot more deer and, and obviously, like I said, there's a lot more cover now and that makes a huge difference. Yep. Yep. Now, not having an encounter with him, was he still pretty regular on cameras? I mean, was he still on the farm in October and November? Like, was he doing the same things or did that, <laughs> what you guys did with the cut and everything, did it really affect him quite a bit? Well, so that's what I can't figure out. I mean, he, like I said, I only had one picture of him. I, I, as far as I know, he wasn't on the farm at all. Hmm, okay. Um, and that's kind of, it was sort of a thing, you know, I kept waiting for this deer to show back up, waiting for him to show back up and he just never did. Yeah. 
Um, it wasn't until, you know, a year or two later that I looked back and looked through my pictures and I actually, you know, saw that it did actually have one picture of them, but it wasn't like I had had a, you know, few sequences of them. Yeah. So outside the one picture, the year 2020, it, it really didn't have much to do with crabs at all. No, not yeah. much at all. Yeah. I, I, I did have an encounter with this deer here then and missed him November 13th. Okay. Um, also another issue with a range finder. I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, had to guess on yardage and then shot, shot underneath him. Um, but a good friend of mine was with me when we were, you know, hunting that deer and he got all on video. And after, afterwards, we kind of looked at each other and like, man, I think that deer was three. Like, yeah. I don't think he was a three year old. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of. At that point, not seeing crabs, my mind was like, okay, this deer here is the focus now on this farm. That was what I was like going into the 2021 season. That was a deer I had on my mind. Okay. So no, no sheds of them though in 2020 at all? No. Okay. No. Okay. So he was a ghost. He, he moved. He yeah. left. Yep. Yep. So rolling in. So now we're rolling into the 2021 season. Um, I had a question about the property. Is there any part of this property that you're able to do any uh, summertime glassing or even postseason glassing? Uh, maybe see what bucks have survived or where, what bucks mm -hmm. are going to be around for the that summer. Um, there's quite a few bean fields in the area down there, and you know, as you know, a lot of the deer are usually a couple of miles from their fall range. Mm -hmm. um, when I finally put out cameras on this property in the summertime, there's, there's nothing there in the summer. It's just too thick. Okay. Um, so we did do some glassing the last couple of years, but I'd never had, I never saw that deer at all. Okay. All right. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that mint mobile wireless plans are $15 a month, when you purchase a three month plan, I thought, what's the catch? but after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So why why don't you take us right into the uh, the fall of uh, twenty one and any trail camera pictures, any of the hunts, the dates of any encounters or anything like that? You well, had? and also too, like, did you ever think about them? Did you were you like no, after I mean, you got them after you was gone in twenty twenty and you missed that deer behind you? Mm-hmm. Was it like well? You know, crabs is gone. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people write, I, I would have wrote him off. Yeah. You know, I would have been like, well, you know, he could show up, and if he does, great. But yeah. it wouldn't have been on the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is that how yeah, it was for you? Exactly how it was. I mean, I, I, I honestly forgot he existed. I mean, I would, you know, going through pictures, I'd always like, you know, make sure, you know, if I see a new deer, hey, is that that deer? Or there was one deer that you know I thought was possibly crabs that. Uh, that I actually saw the day that I uh, missed this deer that, you know, I, I thought was possibly him, but ended up, ended up being a different deer. Cause I have history with that deer as well now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of out of, out of sight, out of mind, didn't think about it much and just was focused completely on this deer. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to sometimes question, uh, the longer you play this game, it's, it's almost like there's a, these age gaps in white tails that mm-hmm. they almost just kind of disappear from the, Yep. the face of the earth for like a year you know what i mean yeah as much as like naturally when i first hear this story that very first year when we talk about being a homebody i mean like, you, you couldn't push this thing off the property no you know what i mean so yeah. naturally you'd be like he's going to be right back here the next year so when he not and when he doesn't show up in 2020 you instantly think okay did he get hit by a car did he get poached did he something natural causes or did mm-hmm. he just move off and they in I, I don't know, like some properties are different, some regions are different, but there's almost like this age sometimes, maybe it's three, maybe it's four, every area could be different, but it's almost like sometimes they just find a hole to hide mm-hmm. in for an entire year before they show back up again. Well, and what? honestly too, like to go a little bit further on that is like, you know, the first year you had them, you saw him a lot in the rut. So now mm-hmm. in 2020, you get one picture of him and then nothing. So then in 21, I'd start to be thinking like, well, maybe the rut brought him in. Yeah. Maybe like a hot doe did. Right. And, you know, maybe he doesn't live here. So I guess, you know, crabs is off the table. Yeah. That's maybe yeah. somehow I would have thought it too. I guess the, the, do you actually remember the date of the one single picture you had in 2020? It was like the 27th, 28th of October, right okay. tail end of October. Okay, yeah. So rut, maybe a hot doe brings him back, yep. and, he, and he's Could in be. his rut loop maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? If so. you're starting to put the puzzle together with what you know, kind mm-hmm. of you know, never really being part of that early season in 2019, with the information <clears throat> you have in 2019, the one single puzzle piece you have in 2020, going forward you have to start thinking like maybe maybe just a, it's a rut to late season yep. maybe the late season was just a, a coincidence in 19 maybe you're just focusing on the rut sure. moving forward yep. <clears throat> yep okay so 2021 i mean what do we got coming into september and october we got pictures of him i mean is he back or what, what's the deal yeah so so kind of going into 2021 i'm kind of had a really good year as far as just sightings of deer, mature deer, you know, realizing how good of a property it actually is. 
I start, you know, door knocking on some of the neighbors, get to know the area a little bit better and find out that the piece to the north of me is 600 acres of private that nobody hunts and nobody (laughs) can't. I have tried multiple times to get onto that property as well. And there's, that's, that's just not happening, but kind of my feeling was, okay, well that, that kind of makes sense that maybe this deer moved into an area there that was just completely unpressured. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if he's not having to deal with that intrusion, I, honestly, I do feel like the logging had a part of possibly why he didn't, wasn't there as much the next year. Sure. Uh, just, you know, being a mature deer and such a change to the landscape may have bumped him out for a little bit. Um, and I have a reason for that a little bit later on in the story. But What's your, what's your uh, cut that you guys did two years prior? What's it looked like now? So it's, it, we had done a pretty, again, I was just doing the subcontract, so I didn't have a say in how it gets cut, unfortunately. Um, and they, the, the mill had purchased it at like a pretty hard cut. Okay. So they had done an 18 inch point of cut um which you know sounds pretty big but that's i mean it's basically 55 acres of bedding now oh wow. <laughs> really yeah uh, wow. it's it's thick and there's a couple of ravines that you can kind of get through stuff and there's a four acre field up top but it's it's dense um so there's i mean there's so much you know just woody brows and stuff for the deer to feed on plenty of bedding cover so do you see but now really, it coming into like 21 do you see like uh, overabundance deer of, of more deer coming in and, and calling it home or eat, you know, living there and stuff like that. Did, did you see like a, I, and the reason why I ask is because our, my family farm, same thing kind of happened. And this year it would be this fall, this last fall would have been the second fall since it's been cut and it's mm-hmm. brought tons of deer in. Like it's crazy. It's just going to keep getting better. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Um, it, it's 21 was better than 20 and this year was better than last year. I mean, it's this year I had so many bucks on camera. It was just absurd. Wow. Nice. Okay. So, um, but so going into 21 again, you know, like I said, this, the Mr. Big, which is this deer here was kind of my main focus. And one of the first deer it gets pictures of in September is this deer in velvet. Uh, right in front of the camera and he's he blew up from like i said 140 inch eight, uh 10 pointer to we guessed low 160s six by six Ooh, typical no no kickers no nothing so he had one flyer off his right that's all he had okay I, it's he's real tight and narrow so it's a little hard to see from this angle but um yeah uh, i was jacked to say the least so sure. i mean that was 100 percent my focus at that point i I thought he was four, um, but at that point, I hadn't. At, at going into the early season, there I did not was not aware of the fact that there was six hundred acres of um, not no hunting above me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my you know thinking at the time was, well, a deer that big at four years old, he's going to get shot. If I don't shoot him, somebody else will. So I kind of decided I was going to shoot him, even though typically I would go after five years or older mm-hmm. here in Ohio. Um, and got pictures of this deer pretty regularly and had one encounter with him, uh, first of November, some middle of November. Um, but I got my first picture of crabs, October 28th. Okay. Oh, so we're historical again. Yeah. I mean, that latter yep. part of October into yep. the rut. Now what's he look like? 
Oh, dude, I, I, I freaked. I mean, he God. blew like crazy. At this point, I think he's 14 or 15 points. He's got those inside crabs. He's got trash. He's got kickers off his G2. He's got a unicorn point coming out of his forehead. I mean, it's ridiculous. Man. And I I grabbed at that point, I wasn't using cell cams down on this bottom because I couldn't get service. And so I had, I grabbed the card in the morning, hit the stand, and I'm sitting there flipping through my phone looking at these pictures. And I like stopped and like, what deer is that? And I'm like, well, that's a big deer. And I just kind of kept going. I'm still in my mind, like just waiting for, you know, Mr. Big to show up. And after I'm like done looking through, I'm like, that was a big deer. Yeah. So like I go back and I like look at this and I'm like, that's a giant. And kind of realize how big this deer is at that point. Um, we guessed him mid to upper 160s, mm-hmm. but um, just a brood of a body on him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at that point, we three, four, for sure, five, possibly six. Yeah. Um, just massive body. Yeah. It's it's wild to me that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with that many, now we're, now we're talking year three of of hunting Mm -hmm. mr crabs and that he's yet to show up in the summertime i know you know what i mean because he he talked that the deer he has behind him is it's it's a stud guys and you had velvet pictures of him now down in ohio you guys you can run like minerals and all that in the summertime can't you were you were you you doing any of that on that piece of property no so i had done the very first year i put a little bit of corn out just to see what was there um i don't like to run bait. I do, you know, come late season, gun season, especially to this day, I still can't do anything with the fields on this property. So mm-hmm. I'm not able to do pots or anything like that. So late season, I am baiting, uh, but more so hunting off of what that uh, creates as far as movement. I got you. Yeah. I was just curious because it, it's, it's still like that summertime thing for me is, it's just still wild for me that he, you know, just being there for years, no signs of them at all in the summertime at least up until 21 yeah <clears throat> so he there's a couple trends here you know you're thinking you've got to be thinking he's a <clears throat> excuse me later october to to the rut type of deer and also mm-hmm. he's made an, a significant jump in how big he is i mean in in 2020 you said he was probably upper 40s you know mid to upper yeah, 40s yeah. And now he is in the 160s, maybe touching 170. Now, you know, if he's been a typical deer the mo- the time that you've seen him, does he have an injury? You know, that's what I got to be thinking. Why is he throwing all these yeah. weird points now that he's How old did you think he was in 21? 4? Uh, 5 or 6. 5 or 6. Okay. Okay. So right. I guessed him 3 or 4 the first year. Yep. And then next been 5. So I mean, it's like, did he get did he get shot? Did mm-hmm. he, you know, all those things are run through your head. But when did you finally like realize like this is crabs? Yeah, and it took a while because you know, like I said, I I saw the picture and I I couldn't figure out what deer this was, and I tried to piece it together for a couple weeks actually until I got some more pictures of him and kind of got a better look at him, and he's still just that mainframe eight pointer his frame is a lot bigger but it's got the same just structure as far as beams his tines they're all very similar it's just he's just got a bigger frame and it's got a lot of trash which kind of throws you off a little bit Mm -hmm. but um it was i felt for sure it was the same deer just from looking at his frame comparing the two and even looking at the shed that i had of him at four yeah yeah so now now you're sitting in late october you know, still with a buck tag, but now you're now you're on a piece of property with 
two two for sure <laughs> yeah. shooters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, yeah. now you're gonna now in the back of your mind, there a little bit is a, a decision you're thinking in your head, like what if? You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. So coming into the November, like how does November play out? Because obviously the so, day behind you dies somehow. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So November, um, me and my my buddy Chris, we went down and he was gonna film me. And so we go down, you know, we had a great encounter with, with this deer here, um, middle of October or middle of November last year. So we kind of went down same time frame, and same area. Um, and we actually did have an encounter. He was dogging a doe a couple hundred yards off. And that was one of the few times that we seen him that year. Um, but, um, that morning we get into the stand and I don't, we just kind of had a hanging on. He had a Novix with him and, um, he went up first and was putting his hang on in. Mine was already there, but he was just adding another one for the camera and he's up there and he just stops and it's getting daylight. And I'm like, dude, I, I mean, I'm like, what's going on here? Come on, get this stand hung. Let's get up here. Let's go. <laughs> right. And, and he just freezes, doesn't move. And I almost kind of like, yelled at him a little bit was like hey get you know get it going and i didn't i just held still i didn't hear nothing um it was kind of a wet morning and finally kind of goes back to his thing and um and kind of get up in the stand i'm like what was that all about he's like dude you didn't hear that deer walk right underneath us i'm like no he's like dude i think it was 25 yards i'm like well he kind of told me where he was coming from and stuff and at that point i had a cell cam there and so at the base of the tree, I didn't have service, but when we finally got up in the tree, I was able to get a little bit of service and I got a notification oh, and here crabs have walked 25 yards underneath us. No. 20 oh minutes my before daylight. gosh. <laughs> and you're on the ground. You were on the oh, ground, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 20 yards from this deer on the ground. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, 25 yards from a 170 and it's dark and you can't even tell oh man and and you know that that deer just just had those guys pegged you know just Uh, he he knew he knew you guys were there and he he knew it was dark enough nothing was gonna nothing was even gonna put him in danger that day oh my gosh so you get that notification up in the tree like you gotta be like uh what the heck right i mean what do you think of that yeah yeah, we freaked. Um, wasn't sure what to do at that point. It had sort of been, it was a little bit of a delay till we got the picture, uh, probably 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you know, we kind of know where he's at. He's up on the hog back. Um, like I said, I've cut all this timber, so I know exactly about the area that he's at, but we're, we're not sure what to do. So we call Adam, we do some other stuff. We have a bunch of other deer run in responding to the calls, but he never, never showed and I will say at that, you know, at this point, I kind of view this property as um, there's basically 10 acres in the back that I mentioned that kind of come down into this valley. And there's a bunch of different hogbacks that come all filtered down into this valley right onto the back of this property. And so there's it's a major rut funnel and the rut action in that area is just incredible. Um, but I kind of set aside the rest of the property as not really huntable and that there wouldn't be a ton of deer up there. Um, especially up in the open, just there's just an open mode field um, and didn't expect to see him there. That evening, as I'm getting out, uh, we didn't have an encounter with that deer. Um, but that evening, as I'm getting out, 
I, there's a deer that crossed the road up on my truck and there's an oncoming vehicle that basically just stops and watches this deer cross. And it was sort of, you know, this deer would have been coming from the direction that crabs would have went that morning. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of believe he went up and basically got on a doe and this doe drum across and took him over onto that 600 acres. And, um, that was kind of where he was at. Jeez. So many little wild, little intricacies in these, these stories, stories that, yeah. that I didn't even expect to have. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's the little things, you know I mean? Like that just your gut tells you what that car was looking at. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And if, if you try to get the gun out the window, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a shot. Trust me. <laughs> what do they call those mirrors on the trucks? The sport sporting mirrors, you know, yeah. you can put your gun yeah. right on them. <laughs> just the gun rest. Oh gosh. Yeah. The, so that, that that 600 acres to the north that you've talked about, that that's separated mm-hmm. by a road then? Well, part of it is there's okay. basically 300, essentially 300 on either side. Okay. The one side butts up against us, the other side is on the other side of the road. So, yep. Um, so after that, I then began to move some cameras around. And, you know, getting a little more into, aggressive. Right. Yep. Trying to figure out, okay, well, what's this deer doing? Because he came out of the center of the property. Um, and I'm kind of like, well, you know, maybe he's betting on me and I'm just completely unaware of this. And um, so, like I said, I started moving some pro- uh, some cameras around and then ended up catching him uh, a day or two later, coming exactly where he came from, where he crossed the road. He comes back in right into our timber. Okay. Uh, so that kind of made me pretty confident that that was actually the deer that did cross that evening. Yeah, very, very likely went up there and, and uh, spent spent some time with, with the doe and maybe possibly brighter and he's, he's headed back now. Yeah, he went to the yeah. brothel. Now yeah. he's, he's yeah. coming back. <laughs> he's done. Well, Next. that was the story of this deer. He did this continually. Really? He would come in, find a doe, take her across, and be gone for two, three days. Then he'd come back. It's I crazy. mean, it was just on a cycle. And so I kind of got to the point to where I was just hunting him when I knew he was in there. Um, but ultimately never had an encounter with him the rest of the season. Wow. Now tell me this. Did you ever have an instance where you caught him on camera or saw him do that again with a doe? And then you were like, well, it's a two to three day cycle. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go in with a sur- surgical strike yep. and, and go in maybe on that second or third day. Or did you just kind of keep hunting him? Well, I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to do, but ultimately, you know, I was still, using two cameras on this property. I, I'm moving two, three cameras around trying to figure out what he's doing and you can only cover so much with oh, that. Oh yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of brings us into the end of November of just playing cat and mouse with this, this buck. I mean, he's, he's there when I'm not and he's not when I'm there. I mean, it was literally just how it played out every single time. And finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, this deer knows when I'm in here. Mm-hmm. And and I couldn't put things together, couldn't figure it out. Um, but this deer, well, okay, I'll, okay, I'll get to this. We were doing another job in Way Southern Ohio. And so it's gun season. And at this point, I'd put some corn out to try and draw some of these deer in. And to kind of give you an idea of how smart this, this crabs buck was, he came in and he came across the ridge in daylight. I like, I never got daylight pictures of this deer, ever. Really? He comes across, never had seen the corn before. He hits the corn. He sees it. I literally get a sequence of pictures of him tailwinding it, running 
away. Because he's like, he sees corn and it's daylight and he's freaking out. Yeah. Uh, three hours later after dark, he comes back and eats for half an hour. Yeah. It, it, you know, in, <laughs> like Those in the wily you know, bastards. Yeah. Well, you, you got to think in a state like Ohio where that, that, that's legal. Oh, yeah. You, you know he's seen that before. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and just give him one bad encounter. One haircut off takes, his belly man. or something from someone else, and they—I mean, I—they know. Especially when you're dealing with a deer that you think is five or six years old. I yeah. mean, we're not—we're not dealing with a young buck here. We're mm-hmm. talking, yeah. we're talking uh, a, a wily veteran. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, when I in listening to to this story so far, you know, a lot of us we always talk about battling other hunters, right? Mm-hmm. Pressure, pressure, pressure. He's battling six hundred acres of just a of a unpressured bar basically you know what i mean We're which like, could be just full, as bad yeah we, that's <laughs> what i'm saying like oh. it's it's it you know there's does over there mm-hmm. the buck's telling you there is and even if there isn't a doe over there he's taking a doe off this 55 acres taking her over yeah. there because guess what he knows yep. no one's coming and knocking on the bathroom stall no no right, exactly <laughs> the bathroom yep. stall <laughs> so when you started realizing like this deer knew when you were there and when you weren't like was it a light bulb moment of like, man, I got to switch something up here? Yes, but I couldn't figure out what to do differently, to be honest. I, I couldn't quite figure the deer out right away. Um, so, but coming into the gun season then, uh, which is very end of November, first of the week of December, usually. Um, and I, that morning had um, the job we were working on, the landowner, he said, hey, you know, there's a bunch of does down here. If you want to shoot a doe while you're down here during gun season, you're all, you're welcome to do so. So that morning I, I grabbed my, my gun and Hunter orange. I didn't even bring camo along. I just, I just brought Hunter orange, my gun, and we went down to work that morning on the way to work. He daylights in the center of the property. Oh. And I'm, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, dude, this deer is in there. I got to be hunting and I'm working and I'm, oh, I'm freaking yeah. out. <laughs> and so go down, ended up shooting a doe for the landowner. And, um, I decided I'm going to, you know what I'm, I, and mind you, I had taken so many days off of work at this point that like felt bad for my coworkers, the guy that was working for me at the time. And, but I was like, dude, I got to just one more time and I got to try it. So I go in, um, drop him off, get back down there. And I get down there at like three 30, you know, at this point it's getting dark at a little after five. Mm-hmm. So, Kind of my plan at this point was the area that he was spending a lot of time in that I felt was a big bowl. And with the bow, you just couldn't get there. Um, and But with the gun, I could kind of come on the outside, come up to the ridge, and just kind of peek over and look down in the bowl. And I could shoot this whole bowl. The furthest was like 200 yards. Okay. Um, so that was kind of my plan. And through this process, I realized, and I began to go back on all my pictures the only time this deer would daylight was on an east wind. Mm. And I kind of all of a sudden kind of started putting stuff together and I realized, well, okay, this makes sense. My access is from the west. Mm. Um, Or no, from the east, from the east. And every time I was walking in there, I was blowing my scent right into where he was at. And that's why he knew he was there. But whenever I wasn't there, you know, he felt comfortable knowing he would smell me coming in. Yeah. If I, you know, if I wasn't there, he was going to smell me. So did you realize that before you went in there with your gun? 
Yes. So I kind of figured that out uh, the week of gun season. I started putting pieces together. And that morning when I uh, got that picture, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I, I started looking up historical data on, on the weather fronts and just matching pictures, you know, that I had of them in daylight um, to that. And that's, that was the common denominator was that it was always on an east wind. Yeah. So like how did 100%. you counter his, how'd you counter his, uh, his blow then? How did you counter that? So my thought was if he daylighted that morning, he probably won't get back across the road. I, I didn't think he would cross the road in daylight. Um, so I was like, I think he's bedded pretty close. My plan was just to sneak in there, literally pop over the knob and hopefully just shoot him bedded. Um, you know, if he stood up or something. Yeah. And again, you know, we had logged this property out, so it's incredibly thick, mm-hmm. but I sneak in there and like, you know, sit down and I mean, nothing. I mean, I can't see a deer. Um, and I'm getting pictures of a ton of deer in there. So I know they're there, but it's just, I can't see anything at this right. point. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, during this story, we keep hearing about Mr. Krabs cross this road. How far mm-hmm. it, you know, not to give too much away about where you're hunting or anything, but where you're parking to access this property, how far away would you, is it on that same, are you parking just off that road, the same road that he's actually crossing all the time? Yeah. It's, it's a big state route. That's what's crazy. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now from where he's kind of crossing to where you're parking, like just a rough estimate, like what kind of uh, yardage is, are the two apart? Um, from the area that he's bedding or spending a lot of the time, kind of where I'm parking by there, by the road is probably 400 yards, I guess, okay. 500. Yep. Okay. And it's pretty hilly, right? Like you, you said, it's yeah, I mean, that's terrain. up there. It's a flat top, okay. but yeah, it drops down in these, these valleys and ravines. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we're in gun season. You go in there to peek over the hill. What happens? <laughs> just tails <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's just like saplings everywhere. The sun's glaring. I'm like, it, I had never sat this before. And I'm like, man, this isn't quite how I pictured it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, I never went in this area. Like this was a complete stay out of zone i never walked in close the deer you know were completely comfortable in this area um so i sit down sit behind a log and five minutes later a deer stands up mm. and it's not crabs it's it's this deer oh <laughs> okay. sure okay all right and at that point at that point in the season i was so just it's crabs or nothing i mean i was like i decided i'm gonna pass 160 inch six by six no no you're not that's what i decided you're not and i call my buddy up i'm literally sitting there and i pass him and i have like two windows like two little tiny holes to shoot through it's so thick how far is this deer away 75 yards he stands up 75 yards away I mean, he's right there. I could hit my lob wedge that far and hit him. I mean, come on. Yeah, got... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I literally call my buddy up and I'm like, bro, um, Mr. Big standing 75 yards in front of me. What should I do? And he's like, dude, if you do not shoot that deer, you have lost your mind. <laughs> you should have been like, right. Yeah, I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I left him. I left him on the phone. And I'm like, okay, I'll see what I can do here. So I adjusted a little bit and I laid up on him and I shot. And I'm like, well, he's dead. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I, I'll give you credit because, you know, when I see that deer behind you there, like, if I, I'm not even, like, taking There's the no time. question. Yeah, I'm not going to, well, I'm not even going to take the time to see, like, okay, is that Cra- Mr. Krabs or is that the other buck? You know, like, he's big. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, he's yeah. going to roll. Dude, you're you a better guy than I am. I mean, that deer, whew. 
Well, and at this point too, I kind of, you know, realized, well, a lot of these deer are advancing to the next age class. If you're, if I'm not shooting them, most sure. of the names are not. Yep. And that was kind of the only thing that kind of kept me. It was like, well, he made such a big jump this year. What could he be the next year? Yeah. Um, I honestly believe he could have been, you know, 180, 190. I mean, that's the type of deer he was. Yeah. Um, so you shoot this but, deer and does like, Mr. Does crabs like stand up right from the gun? Oh, thank God, no. <laughs> oh. I would have, I think I would have lost it. <laughs> just scared. Just, uh, just starts yelling at his friend for the bad advice. <laughs> Damn you. <Yeah. laughs> so, I mean, I was, I was jacked, but to be honest, it was a little bittersweet because I'm like, I can't, I can't hunt crabs anymore. I mean, at this yeah. point, I was so invested in that deer. It was like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly didn't know what to do. I and mean, we, uh, my, my wife was expecting, and so we were expecting our first daughter and, um, she was born, I shot Mr. Big the third and she was born the 14th. And I'm like sitting there holding my daughter and showing her pictures of this big deer that I'm yeah. like, I'm chasing him next year. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, it, in a situation like that, it honestly couldn't have worked out better for you. No. You know what I mean? Where you, you look at my wife was like, Hey, you have gun season. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you knew the circumstance. Been oh, there. Yeah. Been oh yeah. there. Yeah. So, but, okay. So you shoot Mr. Big and you have your daughter. So season's probably over for you, right? I mean, newborn. yeah, at this point, my entire goal was try and get his sheds and, and just figure out what this deer is doing. So at this point I bought some cameras and I'm, I went gun gung ho on this thing. I, I went all over the place trying to figure out what this deer, I, dude, I had so many pictures of this buck. I got literally hundreds and hundreds of pictures of this deer. It, and that was, and it, that was, that was, that was at the tail end of 21. You're starting to get all those pictures. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. So yeah, you're, you're tagged out, sitting at home, new baby girls, which, you know, hey, yep. you cannot complain one yeah. bit, but all of a sudden yeah. now the, the pictures are coming 10 times more than what you've ever seen them there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There was a few times that I probably could have killed them again. You know, it, getting a daylight picture of a deer is different than actually killing them. I mean, yeah. it's, um, but you know, there's a few times that did daylight that I felt like I could have probably got it done. Yep. Um, sad part is he, he was there till right before he dropped his rack and was gone. Oh, yeah. never found his antlers. Yeah. Really? So, probably up there in that 600 acres. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Well, n- <clears throat> yeah, now that, uh, yeah, now that you look back at, uh, 2021 season, um, the first thing that kind of comes to my mind and, and you're the one there hunting. So maybe you'll, you'll, you can hit on this. Is there at all a thought in your head that the buck that you killed that year, from the story, it sounds like as soon as he's gone off that property, Mr. Krabs is calling that place home five, six days a week. Is there, do you think 100%. that, yeah, yeah, once you killed him yeah. off, the next one kind of moved right in? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen this, this, this deer here, actually, that was, I mean, he's, he didn't score much, but he was actually a six or seven year old deer. The exact same thing happened there when I killed that deer immediately i had a four or five year old move in to be doing the exact same thing he had yep. been doing did i um, so i've seen that quite a bit yeah so do, so i mean you know with with limited uh encounters with mr Krabs up to that that point it would almost you'd almost kind of guess that maybe he was a little bit of a, a timid buck compared to some of the other ones around there he was yeah. yeah yeah he was very rarely would you get a picture of him with any other deer yeah. like i mean unless it was on the corn and even then you just about never did. Yeah. Um, but it was, he was just a loner and he just, he didn't spend any time with the deer. Yep. Man, that's kind of a theme we've got going on yeah. with these, some of these bigger deer we're talking to these guys about is like, you know, you, you got these world-class deer that are just kind of subordinate and just don't want to be, 
don't want to be bothered. You know, well, want to be left alone. Yeah, and and then you know, then to piggyback off that idea, you you have to start thinking about that they are becoming world class for a reason, mm-hmm. right? They don't they don't want to be they don't have to be the the young guy in the bar fighting everyone. Right. They yep. know what they have on top of their head. They can feel that. You know what I mean? And they they the danger, the other box, they just become just like he said that he was a loner or that's you start thinking about some of the best big box stories you've ever heard or even yourself take the biggest box you've ever seen on trail camera or stuff and they are by themselves mm-hmm. you know yep. we, we talk about that a lot in michigan you know like the i actually all the the best deer i've ever killed in michigan are always by themselves they i've never killed yeah. a, a buck with another bucket here in michigan yeah, yeah. So, okay, so 2021, you don't find the sheds. Uh, you nope. got a new baby girl at home. Um, and coming into 2022, which is the year that we're literally, we're still in 2022. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. for you guys, you guys can still hunt. We can't in Michigan, but well, we're in 2023, but 2022 season. Yeah. So yep. Yep. Um, we're coming to like right now, um, yep. you know, coming into the summer, like <laughs> you, you bought more cameras. When is the first picture you you get of crabs? Like, is he still late October, or did he shift a little bit? Is he the the big guy on the block now, or what? Yeah. So you know, in my head, you know, I'm telling myself, I'm not going to see this deer till end of October. That's just how it is. Sure. It's every yep. year that's how he is. I'm not going to see him till then. I can't let you know 140 inch eight pointer get me all jacked up and shoot him. I, I like I'm going to wait for this deer. I mean, it was this deer or nothing. Um. And so I get my cameras out and I usually, you know, get them out August, September in that time frame. And September 3rd, I get a picture and I, I freaked. I mean, I couldn't believe it, but yeah, there he was doing the exact same thing he was before he was coming across that 600 acres heading in uh, the exact same spot he always did. You said September 3rd? Yeah, somewhere right in there. Okay. Was yeah. so with that first picture, was he was he still in velvet or was he fresh out at that point? No, he just he was just hard horn. Just hard horn. Okay. So oh, yeah, really? still red. Yeah. So why why don't you uh paint the, the listeners a good picture of what Mr. Krabs looks like in twenty twenty two? Yeah, so he's he's got the same I was afraid, you know, like you said, those inside crabs would be kind of a one off fluke year. Yep. I was afraid he'd lose them this year. Um, but he didn't, he, he blew up. His frame was even bigger. I'm guessing probably 150, 145, 150 inch mainframe eight point. Yep. And then he's got these big daggers on the inside and he's got the same stickers off his, um, G2s. He's got a little drop time off the end of his beam. He's just throwing even more trash. He's more massive. I mean, he's a giant. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, I'm he looks. To find the picture here. <laughs> he looks, and we'll really put a good. picture up because I'll get these pictures from you. But I mean, I don't even know if you'll be able to see this deer is. I mean, he's got to be close to two hundred. I mean, in the one nineties, you think, or one yeah. eighties? Well, I don't know. We, to be honest, we guessed him around one eighty. I don't know. I he may be bigger than we thought. I don't know. I. I think, I'll send you some more pictures and maybe, can, you know, maybe he looks bigger in that picture than others, but I can, I'll send you some others. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll say out. modestly he's in the one eighties, but yeah. I think he's knocking on 90. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go out on this limb because it, I've been doing this for a lot of the, lot of years and I can see what's going on in that picture. That's a high hung trail camera, correct? Makes him look smaller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and what you hang, when you're hanging those trail cameras high and it's what I do with all my sets 
and that nighttime IR, that black and white picture, it, mm-hmm. I think, on in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's almost, I would say, 10 to 12, maybe even 15 inches off. Like, they, it doesn't, yeah. it never does the buck justice, you know. But yeah. when I see that picture, the first thing that I see is I would don't overlook the mass on that left <sighs> side because I, that mass looks real good on that left yeah, side. You teach big. Yeah. So, so going going into that though, th- this is the earliest Mr. Krabs you've ever had an encounter yeah. or even a picture yep. of. It's it's early September, and all of a sudden, like the property that he doesn't show up till October, he's, he's there here. now. Yeah, yep. and I, I would almost take that as like, okay, he's the new, he's king king dingling now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's he's gonna take over this farm and it's his. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm for sure guessing he's probably the the biggest buck on that piece that year, but how, what, oh, yeah. were there a lot of other bucks around or, or not so much? No, I had a few three, four year olds. Um, but just, I mean, that was the only deer that even crossed my mind that I would consider killing. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, obviously that was the one I wanted, but there wasn't even another deer at that yeah. point. Yep. Um, there yep. was a deer in 21, the end of the year, he was 150 inch 10 point. Um, that was in the back of my mind. He didn't show up until, um, end of January that okay. year found yeah. one of the sheds. Um, so like that was a deer that was in the back of my mind. And we'll actually get to that. I have some information on that deer now, but, um, so that was kind of in the back of my mind, but yeah, it was, it was this deer. That was basically all that was on the property at that point. Yeah. And uh, with him coming off the fresh out of velvet, like I I'm guessing he, he probably shed velvet within 48, maybe even 72 yeah. hours right yeah. before then. Um, even in those pictures, was he still a loner at that point, kind of coming off that summer pattern? Yeah. 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 It was just, I, I, you know, just me being so interested, I would have loved to see what he was doing in the summertime. Right. I'm yep. sure he was still yep. that loner, you know, but that right there, like if he was ever going to be with another buck, that trail camera picture, the earliest in the year, it would have been that time we, you exactly. would have ever seen yes. him hanging out with mm-hmm. another one. Yep. Yeah. So that was you know we're, our season opened up i think the 24th this year so at that point you know i had positioned cameras based off of the intel that i got from late season last year kind of how he used this bedding area the areas there was kind of three main areas that he would exit out of the bedding area and so i had you know ambush points set up on each of these and the one was heading over towards onto the 600 acres with some giant white oaks that were just dropping here in september so in my mind, I was like, he's going to be bedding in the thick stuff, coming around the point, and there's a major, major pinch point there that he's basically got to walk through 20 yards yep. to get to these oaks without walking in the field. And that was the other thing. Outside of, I had one picture of him in September that he daylighted in the open. Um, like, he, he, if he was on a field, it was always middle of the night. Um, he, he, he just wouldn't set foot in an open field during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing this, I kind of figured where he would pinch down and where he should be. So I set cell cams up there and I don't know if you guys recall, I got, um, we had a pretty good front to come through that weekend. Yep. And so I wasn't sure I had a hard time believing we didn't have a lot of fresh pictures of them at that point. You know, it had been a week or two, maybe coming into the um, opener you're saying, exactly yeah so i decided you know i'm gonna sit back play it safe a little bit and to be honest i still was like 
maybe this was a fluke thing. Maybe he just came to check out his fall range and he's going to be gone again. Then I'll come back end of October. That's sort of honestly what was in my mind. Um, so I decided I'm going to go shoot a doe and um, went up in the field up top and ended up not getting a doe that night. But as we walk back to the truck, I get a picture of this deer five minutes after dark sneaking out of the bedding area heading towards the oaks and he would have been bedded probably 100 yards from where we were sitting really just down over the hill Jeez. and then i was like okay it's on yeah so um, let that- me ask you this though going back to the year prior you talk about how he was only daylighting on east winds and you got to come in from the east that's got to be running mm-hmm. through your head too right like are you trying to figure yeah. out a different way if if he's still the you know on point with everything he's doing, he's got to be still on somewhat of that pattern, you'd think. Yeah. So I did have, I, I did switch up my access. And if I was going to access the top there, we're just going to have to be on like a, a Southeast, which would blow it kind of, and I, it didn't necessarily seem to matter whether it was the South or North or East straight East. It was just had to have some kind of East in it mm-hmm. for him to be in there. Um, so that night was a Southeast wind. And so he didn't, you know, smell me or anything, but so I went to work, um, the next week and I get a picture of him heading from the Oaks into the bedding area, right, right at that gray light in the morning. Yep. So like, okay, he's in there. So now I'm kind of sitting there trying to decide, okay, am I going to be aggressive on this deer and go in and hunt him now? Or do I just sit back, see what he does and wait till like October, November to really hone in on this deer? Um, and I don't know. I still to this day don't know if I made the right choice or not, but I decided I'm going to be aggressive. I think you made the uh, right choice. Yeah. You know, regardless of the outcome, and we're going to get to that soon, but like my whole thing is if you've got him now, you go now. You yep. know, that's yeah. where I'm at with it. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of ultimately what I decided. And so I had a stand set specifically for this exact scenario, hoping this is what he would do. And got that east wind and, (laughs) excuse me, I get down there um, for the afternoon hunt. And I park and I get to the property and and just a little bit more north in in the wind than I was hoping. So essentially what I had to do was walk past where he was bedded up on top of the field to get to the point where he was coming around. And that's where my sand was at. And my hope was that my wind would just blow straight east across the path that he was going to be coming across and that he wouldn't catch my wind till he's 15 yards, point blank. But getting down there, the wind was a touch more out of the north than what I was hoping. So I... I hesitated for a little bit. I was like, man, I don't know. I I almost just backed out at that point, but decided, you know what? He's there. I'm here. I'm going to try it. And so I sneak across and I, dude, I sprayed down. I basically stripped down and sprayed everything as much as I could. (laughs) Um, And in hopes, and I'm not honestly a huge believer in scent control, but like anything that can help was, you know, I'm going to try it. So I walk across getting my sand. I thought I got in clean. I'm like, this is all good. Perfect. Um, the wind is still not really how I like it, but I'm like, you know, I think we can make this work. And about six o'clock, I get a notification. I get a picture of crabs, literally kid you not sneaking, like in full sneak kind of crouched, sneaking out the back of the bedding area, slipping out of this thing right past my cell cam. 
And so, at that point, I'm like, the gig's up. He smelled me coming in. He's mm. out of there. So he he he's back door in you know. He's he's hit he's hitting the back door yep. and he's out of there. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's out of there. And what I day was said, this? You said this was end of September. Uh, probably the, the 29th, I think, thirtieth. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And, that, like that. and that was it. That was right at kind of almost closing time. You said. No, I mean we it didn't get dark till like seven thirty. That's what was crazy. It was early. What time? What, do you kind of remember about what time it was? I, I was just curious Six because o'clock. I, what time? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Yeah, I was just Which curious. Which was about an hour after I got in. Yeah, I was just curious if you know you started getting that that thermal drop in the evening. If that you know just that little bit of off wind, then you know where you're you're you know playing you know disaster with the wind but you're good but as soon as you get that thermal drop of that you know right. having that bowl down there like mm-hmm. that just off there that's just well, enough advantage and i was on the opposite side of the hog back and i i was you know figuring i wouldn't have a problem but ultimately didn't work out yeah so i i just packed up and left i mean at that point it was six o'clock i had an hour and a half left and i'm like he's gone i'm not even gonna bother sitting and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I'm like, man, I may, I may have really messed up here. He may be gone. I might not see him for a month. Um, and kid you not, three days later, the exact same thing. He comes in, comes in the exact same path, same wind, same conditions, and beds down on that bowl. And at this point is when I kind of decided I'm going to get aggressive with this deer. Okay. And at this point, I've hunted this deer essentially for four years have so few encounters and like he seemingly has to have the odds in his favor for him to feel like he's going to move in daylight. So I decided I'm going to give him his odds. And I walked out that field purposely blew all my scent down in that bowl and ran a mile and a half, get out around to that bottom stand where he slipped out of the last time. Fuck. Yeah. I like it, dude. <laughs> like, like, you know, <laughs> I got children. Right yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. Cause I was just, I'm sitting here just dying. I'm like, okay, is, is he going back door now? Yeah. Or is he going to try setting up the same? I like it, dude. Now if yeah. you can paint a picture the best you can, but like, did you have to go past this deer to get around him then? No. So I was able to get back, head out to the truck, drive down the road a little bit. Okay. And I have, Complete opposite uh, entrance. It's from the same direction, but it's down, you know, I don't know, a quarter mile. Um, so it's it's completely different area and didn't have to worry about it. He was on the other side of the hill. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was just afraid if I decided to sit the back door that night, I knew he was just going to go out on the oak flat because there wasn't anything to push him that way. Mm-hmm. But if I sat on the oak flat, he would just go out the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I gave him, you know, what I thought was his wind and his what he needed and ran around so i get set up and dude i'm jacked i'm like this is this i'm is jacked happen. right now dude <laughs> like we're here we're and with him like it, like if we were he, he walked, <laughs> yeah. last time he would have walked 10 yards underneath this tree stand and i and i hung this set specifically for this deer just off of historical data from october november and so i'm sitting there and a little bit into the hunt i have a few does come up from the bottom and they head up the logging road exactly where I thought he was going to come down. And I don't know, something about that I'm like, he's not going to walk down this road. I don't know. It was just, it just didn't feel right at that point. But the evening just, I mean, it felt the conditions were same. I believed he was in there. You know, I, I thought he surely smelled me. He's going to do something. And it wasn't 10 minutes later. He did. Um, he came 
that hog back that he went up when he walked underneath us um, in dark when we were setting up, he he tried to sneak around that hog back and he was completely relaxed. Um, you know, it wasn't like he was tail up or like freaking out. It was just like he, that person's up there. I'm going this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes out into the opening. And at this point, he's 55 yards. And I had ranged this spot and I've been shooting this. I was shooting 60, 70 yards all summer. It was very, very comfortable shooting long range. Um, and I realized I, he's not going to come closer. He's going to sneak around this hog back and head off onto the 600 acres, and that's going to be it. And he stops, quartering away, wide open. And I sit there, and I'm like, do I take this shot? And I decided I was going to try it. Um, I might get crap for that. I don't know. But no. I, I decided I was going to try it at 55 yards, and I felt very comfortable with that. And it took my time. He was relaxed, um, laid up on him, and shot. And my arrow went a foot over his back. It's oh. the heartbreak, man. And I, I was just like, what just happened? Yeah. I, I, I sat there in just complete disbelief as to what just happened. Um, and ultimately kind of what I figured out was the tree I was in, um, with, with doing such a hard harvest, there wasn't very many good trees to be in as far as cover. So I was living on my tree, tree selection. And so I was pretty high up. I was probably 30 foot up in this tree. And then on top of that, I was up on a bank yet sure. from where he was at. So he was down so, below you even more. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I practiced this shot you know, for close range, 20, 30 yards, uh, compensating for that angle, knowing I was probably going to take that shot at some point and had kind of figured that out. But for some reason thought once you get out to 55 yards, it probably doesn't matter at that point. And it does. I could have probably held for 40 yards sure. and fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to give you a flack because I've shot two deer at 54 yards and okay. one from a tree stand, one from the ground. And man, if, if you're, if you're going to practice that it, by all means do it because you know what can happen at 10 or 20 yards, the same thing, yeah. something can go wrong at no matter what distance it is. And some people are going to say, well, yeah, you're, you're shooting like your, your higher, percentage of missing or screwing up is the farther you get out i get it but dude if you feel it now if it's a person that's just like gonna show up and just you know rip it at some and not not practice i mean i religiously practice at 60 and in yeah because that's Mm -hmm. kind of my threshold like when you get you get 60 yards i mean 60 yards is is a poke i mean and a lot can happen you got to be on top of your game you got to good you got to know your equipment and if you do man by all means, take yeah, that shot. You know, when, like you said, when you're practicing like that mm-hmm. and you feel confident with it, dude, we're, we're, we're hunters, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how many, I mean, we're talking about a four year story. This opportunity came once. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when, if you've been exactly. practicing and you feel confident with it, you're a hunter, you, you got to take your opportunities when you, when you have them sometimes. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so you, so, I mean, you, you, you winged one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, the yeah. And he bounds off and has no clue what happened. He's just like, he stands there and was like, what the world was that? And I think you know, it almost kind of cracks me up. I think, you know, it's like he thought he was totally fine. He knew where the danger was. And out of nowhere, you know, the stick is flying at him. Yeah. 
Um, and he kind of just hangs around for a little bit, eventually just sort of works off. He, he never busted, never did anything weird. Um, and that was the last I saw him. Um, after that, he kind of, I didn't realize it, but he shifted further to the south where he was bedded. And I didn't catch on to that. And that was the way I was accessing. So I was still getting pictures of him in his normal area, but it was, you know, nighttime pictures. And and essentially what ended up happening with me bumping him on the north side that often, I think eventually he just basically moved down to the neighbors a couple hundred yards to the south. And I ended up bumping him going in one morning, uh, end of October. Okay. And I... I didn't see the deer pretty positive. It was him. I had cameras there. Um, he was using that. I realized later and it was, it was a giant deer. You could just sound like a cow. He was hopping yeah. off. Yeah. Sure. Um, Big mature buck like that. And right about then the neighbors to the South started logging, um, unrelated to, you know, any of our companies or anything like that, but they were getting their timber harvested. And I got one picture of him November 2nd. And that was it. That's it's so am I am I since then? Yeah, he's he's gone. I to be honest, I still feel like there's a chance he could be alive. Okay. Um I feel like, you know, with me bumping him twice out of the north, bumping him once out of the south, and then the area he's bedding in gets logged out. It's like finally he's just had enough and he's yeah. out of here. Yeah. Um I would not be shocked if next year he shows right back up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not banking on that, but that could easily happen. Sure. Well, I, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I would tell this to the best of my friends or even any of my family that hunts. And there's a lot of people that would probably argue with this, but I this is something I firmly believe in, is even though you didn't uh, connect and kill Mr. Krabs that day, I still count everything you did that day as a win in 100%. my book. Like, you, you for mm -hmm. one, he... he this is early October, a time when he's never been there. But you're, the entire playbook that you took to put yourself into position that day, the arrow just didn't hit its mark. Outside of that, mm -hmm. you did everything correct up until then. So, right. dude, it's that's still a win in my book. 100%. Yeah, like for you to, to, to put in the moment, and we talk about the tunnel vision when you're in, in season, it's like, you know, right now out of season, we're thinking very clearly. It's like yep. I want to do this, this, and this, and this. Yep. But when you yep. get in season, it's it's here, yep. and it's you you very rarely can step back and and think about it. But like for you to be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my scent down in this bowl, and then I'm gonna run around and get in that bottom stand, yeah. and it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's still like it was just. I mean, there was. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I was completely shocked to see him. Like, holy cow, there he is! Like, I, 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 you know, you see pictures and pictures and pictures, and you start believing that this deer doesn't even exist. Almost like you're hunting yeah. a ghost. And when all of a sudden he's standing in front of you, it just like, it's it's something else. Yeah, um, it's crazy, man. It it is crazy. Uh, so you know, it's almost odd for us because we're done here in Michigan. Yeah, but you're actually still hunting right now. Is uh. You you still putting a little bit of time into them this season, or it? You, do you feel like <laughs> this is it till you know twenty? Oh, I guess it'd be the fall of twenty twenty three. Right. Well, so I kind of shifted gears. That like, that deer that I mentioned that showed up late season last year, he showed up uh, the right after gun season, Monday after gun season. He shows up, and he's big. Um, ended up having one encounter with him with the bow. He bumped. I, he busted me. Got wind. 
had one other random encounter that 55 yards. I mean, I wasn't going to take that shot, but it was, it was pretty thick and it was close, but no cigar. And I, I had this deer figured out. I thought I was going to be on him this weekend with, uh, we have muzzleloader Saturday. Okay. And I went down, was kind of just getting stuff dialed in, checking cards and stuff. And, Uh-oh. Oh, he shed. Jesus. He shed. Dude, he's a tall <laughs> mainframe 10, yeah. kickers off both twos. Uh, yep. Look at his bases. Does he got split brawl on the yeah, left he, or no? No, he just doesn't. Mass. He's, he's just look at 10, his but... bases. Yeah. Don't don't shoot a doe down there. Yeah. No, <laughs> no we don't hunt. Done. I, I was after that. I'm like, you know what? I wasn't meant to kill a buck this year. So. <laughs> I mean, that. that oh what, my that, gosh. What's that deer look like to you? Buck sixty? Yeah, that that deer's one sixty. Yeah, he's right at one sixty. I just scored him right before we went on. I I found him here at two o'clock this afternoon. Wow. So. Oh, you found him today. Like yeah, today. Wow. Yep. Oh, geez. today at two o'clock. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I mean, we're recording this on January fourth, so he shed within the last couple days, yeah. probably. Wait, you can't. Yeah. Help. So I did get a picture. This is a second. Um, I had another good four-year-old, hundred and forty-inch four-year-old that shed both sides two weeks ago, and and then this deer. Um, I had pictures of him Thursday and then I had pictures of a blockhead, but he was pretty run down from the rut. So without his antlers, he looked like a younger deer. Yeah. And so I just kind of passed it off as being another deer that shed and I get down there today and yeah, they're laying on top of each other. basically. Yeah, so, good wow. for you, man. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't have anything that size shed no. here in Michigan, but I, I do myself have a, a handful of, not handful, I know of two for sure deer that have completely shed here in Michigan, but you know, you can't help mm-hmm. but wonder that that last cold front that we had that really mm-hmm. rolled through the country. You can't, yeah. you can't yep. help but wonder if they didn't do a little yep. something to the deer, but yeah, man, that's uh well, I mean, you know, I, by the sounds of it, you feel pretty good that maybe Mr. Crab shows back up in the fall yeah. of 23, but not only him. Hoping, I mean, yeah. How about the secondary prize here? I mean, Jesus, not too bad. <laughs> say, <laughs> sad part about it is, you know, it's like, do you, do you really pass up a good deer in November to hopefully wait for, you know, yeah, sure. He's probably going to be 170 next year, but like, do you actually wait? Do you pass 150 inch deer to wait on, you know, 170 in December or January and hope that he shows up? Yeah. I don't well, know. It's tough. Yeah. And, and during this conversation, the, now what I'm thinking about is, you know, is, is this property like kind of, uh, you know, like a one mature buck type of property? Like crabs is gone. Like, like this deer shows up. Well, what does that affect That's... if crabs is still around next summer yeah. and this deer is now in there? Like, what kind of situation yeah, right. we have yep. it's so interesting you know what i mean like so interesting it, you know that's why i always i always love talking to guys that i ask you know why or what if or why do they do this because you know those are the guys that care so much about this but right you know those questions always keep burning in our in our minds and we, you know keeps us wondering and it keeps us awake at night mm-hmm. dude well you're gonna have to keep us posted on Mr. Crab there, if he does show up, you know, even after, even before this, this episode is going to go live in a couple weeks. So as we're recording this, but if he, if he shows up or anytime, even after it goes live, we gotta, we might have to do an impromptu podcast where just do a little update and, you know, just to see how big he is and keep that story going. Cause when you kill him next year, 
Yep. We're just going to have to do another podcast. Yeah. There and, you yeah. go. Okay, there sounds go, good. Man. Backdoor October 2nd, 2023. <laughs> That's right. Dude, yeah. That's Madison, great. thank you very much for coming on and doing this, man. Greatly yeah. appreciated. Awesome story. This is this is one for the books, too. I, it's a good well, one. I, in my head, I'm like, when you were just talking about, yeah, he hasn't shown up yet, I was hoping you were going to be looking at your phone and be like, no, right there he is. Like, he just showed <laughs> I up. Like, well, I, I, I honestly, when he started reaching down, I thought his yeah. shads were coming. That's what I well, thought. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, oh, wait, did he just kill him? Did yeah. he kill, like, are we getting a deadhead yeah. here? We're, we're excited, but he's like, hey, I got this yeah. buck 60 sheds here. No big <laughs> deal. <laughs> hey, man, uh, it was it was great talking with you, and it was great meeting you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>